0: Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Priscilla Charles, and I'm delighted to be joined in studio today by Dr. Fiona Edwards-Murphy. Uh, Fiona is the co-founder and CEO at apis Protect. Uh, thanks, so mu- thanks so much for, to you for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks
1: so much for having me on, Priscilla.
0: Of course. Uh, So let's move on and get on uh, with the show. Um, So um, as I was uh, explaining to our audience, um, Fiona, you're the co-founder and CEO at APIS Protect. For our audience who wouldn't possibly be as familiar with the organization as we are, APIS Protect provides real-time hive monitoring powered by intelligent sensor technology. So Fiona, can you tell us a little bit more about the organization, please? I'm really curious and I'm sure our audience is as well.
1: Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so what we do at Apis Protect is we help to uh, safeguard one third of the food that we eat every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a food that's provided to us by bee pollination. Um, so an awful lot of crops, things like almonds, avocados, blueberries, cranberries are given to us by bee pollination. And in many parts of the world now, um, actually, uh, for beekeepers, providing pollination has become their main source of income, more so than honey. Um, So we have a technology, it's a sensor device that goes inside the beehive. So it's about the size of a deck of cards. Um, And in that device, we've got um, a a suite of sensors. So we collect data points like temperature and humidity and sound. And we process that data using a technology called machine learning um, that's able to basically look at the patterns inside in the beehive. So how the temperature is changing, how the other parameters are changing, and tells the beekeeper. Um, what's actually going on inside of the beehive based on that. So we can tell the beekeeper, okay, your hives are growing, your hives mm-hmm. aren't growing, uh, you're producing honey now, you aren't producing honey, uh, these hives are dead. And that becomes a tool that they can use to actually really, really improve the outcomes in their operation. So they can keep uh, healthier bees, they can keep more beehives, and as well as that, they can reduce their costs of beekeeping. So they can use the things that they have much more effectively.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Such a useful tool for, uh, for beekeepers, I suppose, um, and, uh, and using machine, uh, machine learning. Now, um, uh, I understand that um, in recent news, APIS Protect was ranked number 10 on Fast Companies 2020 World Most Innovative Companies list, which I'm not surprised um, by some of the fantastic technology that you're developing. Can you tell us a little bit about this, please?
1: Yeah, so that, that that was really exciting. I mean, it, it's really, um, it's always great to get kind of, you know, international recognition. We're yeah. working with, um, you know, 20 million bees. So we, we monitor right now 20 million bees across three continents. We're monitoring beehives in, in uh, America, mm-hmm. here in Europe, and also in Africa. So um, it's really great to get that international recognition to, to bring, uh, you know, kind of awareness of our technology to beekeepers in, in those different regions.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, I suppose. With the number of bees around the world, how many bees would you say um, are they, by the way, um, around the world? Is there a way to possibly know how many of them?
1: Yeah, so there are, um, we could only count um, the the managed beehives, so there are 91 million uh, managed beehives, so that's um, beehives that beekeepers keep uh, in around the world, so um, that as well as that there are a lot of wild bee colonies and um, mm-hmm. unfortunately the wild colonies their numbers are, are falling dramatically because they're they're experiencing all the same problems that that the managed bees are but they're yes. uh, they don't have any anyone to try and help them recover yeah. from that mm-hmm. yeah so that's why events like world bee day um are very important because there's a lot of actions that that people can take. So uh, people who aren't beekeepers at all, just you know, people yeah. with, anyone who has a garden or a balcony with flowers yeah. on it can help improve their local biodiversity and help save those wild bees.
0: Absolutely, yeah, definitely raises awareness of um, of the cause and shows how important it is. Um, um, and it is really interesting. I wasn't aware personally um, of the impact that these have on our food uh, on a daily basis. So that is uh, fascinating. Um, so um, I want to um, move on to a um, slightly different topic. Your organization also went on to win um, another uh, prize, a more recent at the Think Global Awards 2020. And the awards are proudly sponsored by Vista Tech, VTQ Magazine, and this show, Vista Talks. So you've picked up two globally recognized, Awards recently, how important is it for for Apes Protect? Like, why, for instance, in the first place, would you would you apply to the Fingable for the Fingable Awards? And um, I understand you want to raise awareness, but is there a particular reason in you know um, what does this mean to you? And um, are you planning to to um, um, are you planning to um, expand kind of the technology and the action you know uh, all around the world and so, so yeah, we
1: were really really honored to to receive the award from from the Think Global Awards. Um it it was fantastic recognition. Um yeah, absolutely. Um so we are a completely technology driven company and to have these kind of technology related awards um are, are really important for us. Um again, internationally like we're we're taking this technology to beekeepers all around the globe um we're trying to imp- improve agriculture and improve the awareness of ag tech in general around the world so there are um some some areas where ag tech adoption happens a lot faster than others and um a, a beekeepers who are or beekeepers all all farmers who aren't embracing technology are probably um losing out on some productivity improvements and overall revenue increases that they 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 could they could be getting um and so it's it's fantastic for us and also um Uh, The other thing is, is for our team. So we've got a really technical team here. Uh, We're all based in Cork in Ireland, even though we work all over the world, we fly all over the world, though not so much in the last few months. Um, And, uh, you know, we've got a great team of, you know, software developers, business development, um, engineers, um, ecologists and beekeepers and um, uh, data scientists. So it's fantastic for the team to get this recognition for uh, the the huge amount of work that they've been putting into this project or into this uh, business for the last um, three years
0: that's fantastic yeah that is a sounds like a big team um and uh, well we were delighted for for apis protect can you tell us why why is this this personal interest in the first place i'm very curious
1: sure uh, so uh, for me, my interest in this space kind of, um, it went kind of backwards uh, compared to how a lot of people think about, you know, that we have um, beehives and then we apply technology to them, uh, yet my background is actually in the technology, so I was really interested. I got involved with the um, the embedded systems group in while I was in university, so that's the group that works with sensor applications. Mm -hmm. And um, I really, really fell in love with the technology. I mean, like ultimately um, people get a bit intimidated by the phrase internet of things because it's kind of a big, you know, abstract concept. But ultimately what it is, is uh, put sensors in the real world, collect the data and do something useful with it. So, you know, that's all that. IOT is that's all that wireless sensor networks is, and I absolutely love that the whole idea of taking the the engineering skills that I had learned yes. and using them in the real world to impact problems. Uh, so I, I had always been interested in um, you know a, you know environmental. Imp- the environmental challenges that we've got you know interested in animals I love animals Um, I actually had never been anywhere near a beehive Um, I was not a beekeeper Um, I didn't know a lot about bees other than you know the things that everybody knew at that time you know there was a lot of news headlines about the problems that bees were experiencing all over the world Um, but I absolutely um, you know I was like this sounds really cool I'd seen that not many people had worked with sensor technology in beehives and that one of the biggest challenges that that bee research was facing at the time was just you know a lack of information just basically you know yeah. uh, you're very limited yeah as a scientist trying to collect data about bees because you know they're out they're in the field they're dangerous <laughs> a whole variety of yeah. different things um so I was like geez this is completely obvious like somebody should be you know doing sensor applications for bee health yeah. um so that's why I started it and luckily i discovered that i was not allergic to bees because i would never even been stung by a bee but that that problem was overcome so i'm not allergic and uh i absolutely fell in love with the bees once once i got to know them once i got a chance to actually go out there and and see inside the beehive and how it works it was absolutely amazing so i spent uh four four years at at ucc working on my phd um you know just basically all different sensors um in beehives um using different data streams to be able to understand what's happening inside in the colonies. And that's really where I learned about, um, you know, industrial-scale beekeeping, the kind of problems that they're having, um, trying to scale up beekeeping to be able to provide pollination services. It doesn't work very well using traditional beekeeping methods. And that the kind of insight that technology could bring them could actually really improve how those operations work. Um, So that's really where the idea behind Apis Protect grew. And then in 2017, uh, when I was finishing up my PhD, uh, I decided to go... Um, start uh, create a startup instead of going and getting a normal job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah. well done. Um, fantastic and fascinating, and I'm sure to our audience really interesting. Um, if if uh, not familiar with uh, the importance of um, saving the bees mm. and uh, and uh, in uh, preserved already. So, um, so you're talking about the um, so Apis was like the startup you founded. So, can you expand a little bit about the organization's focus on securing the supply? Um, of, of really of one third of our diet, um, and uh, you you mentioned some of the foods you know that the bees help us, um, uh, you know um, really make, uh, and uh, in making sure also that we can nourish and feed well the nine point seven million people on planet Earth by twenty fifty, um, which is uh, I mean uh, seems like a, a long time, but I suppose uh, will fly by somehow <laughs> if we really have to do something about. It. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean. Um... So that's something that we spend a lot of time um, trying to, um, you know, educate people on to yeah. Protect is uh, just how important bees are to our food. Because we all yeah. uh, we all love bees. We all, you know, worry about the fact that they're, you know, they're they're dying. Um, but yeah. generally, people tend to think of bees as, OK, they're cute and they're fluffy and they go from yeah. flower to flower and they do their thing and it's cute. And if we lost them, that would be sad, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. It, yes, it absolutely would be a huge problem for humanity if we lost our bees. Uh, so those foods, yeah, like I mentioned, so, you know, when you're thinking about almonds, you know, apples, berries, yeah. you know, when you're thinking about soft fruit and nuts, those are foods yeah. that bring an awful lot of, um, you know, uh, vitamins, minerals, proteins um, mm-hmm. into our diet. And they're they're very important for us to stay, you know, to not just stay fed, but to stay healthy when we stay fed. Yes. Because if you, yeah, if you remove all of those bee pollinated foods from our diet, like you're going back to a really, really basic, you know, you're talking about, you know, things like bread, um, you know, meat, yes. things like that. So when you're, when you're talking about getting a, like a diverse diet, you really need those bee dependent foods. Absolutely. And then the secondary thing is the fact that as we increase our total food production to feed those extra people that we're going to have over the next thirty years, um, you you have to think about it from different angles. I mean, like when you're thinking about realistically, we're going to have to produce at least fifty percent more food by 2050. I mean, like that's the most conservative mm-hmm. estimate. Like, is you know, um, we have to produce that much more food, and that we have to do it with less resources than we're using to produce our food right now. You know, we need mm-hmm. to get more efficient with our water, with our land, with our, you know, the, the carbon footprint of, of our agriculture, you know, we're not going to have more space for these people. Yes. We need to fit us all into the same amount of space. And um, when you're talking about that, you really need to focus on what foods um, do we have where all of the calories that you produce mm-hmm. in the field or in the farm go into the human diet and the foods that bees pollinate are actually some of the most efficient foods that we produce so you know um if you've got a blueberry farm all of the fruit that's produced in the blueberry farm can go into the human diet but compared to you know uh you know animal-based agriculture where you, you have to you know grow the feed to feed the cows to you know mm-hmm. like how to eat the milk you know that, that's a lot more steps when you're talking about bee yeah. foods that come straight into our diet we can scale the production of those kinds of foods up much much faster than other kinds of food and yeah. um, ultimately we can increase the amount of healthy food that we have available in our diet much faster as long as we have bees available to pollinate those foods so it it's yeah. going to become a bottleneck in in that in that scaling up process and um, one of the problems that we've had over the last kind of 20 or 30 years is because of all these you know diseases and mm-hmm. pests hive problems um bees are dying all over the world you know as much as 50 percent of colonies are dying in 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 many countries each year so what? beekeepers now are just scrambling to you know uh, re- so you can uh, reproduce get your bees to reproduce during the year but right now all they're doing is replacing the bees that they lost last year so the the number of beehives that we have in in recent years has completely like stagnated so we've Mm -hmm. gone from you know a graph where the total number of beehives increases all the time to kind of a a static thing where the number of beehives has has just kind of stayed the same and ultimately from a food point of view you actually need the number of beehives in the world to increase in proportion to the number of humans that you have in the world because they're a direct you know connection in our food system.
0: Yeah. And I suppose um, um, with years passing, the the, uh, um, the population will increase. Populations okay. will increase all around the world, so it is even more important, as you say, because um, space water uh, we we will still have the same amount of space, if not less. So it is really important. Um, okay keep this in mind yeah I mean that's um, that's fascinating and very scary at the same time and yes. as you said the 50% of the honeybees are lost and um, I mean some of those reasons is the spread of diseases I understand Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you know obviously yeah, the technology that you're developing you know helps us understand you know how the beehives works is there like the types of t- techniques and used and developed is there anything specific that people can do on a daily basis and uh, any other types of technology you'd be working on or developing with apis protect to well end? yes absolutely i
1: mean we're um, so at apis protect our our so our existing technology that we've been discussing here today is all about um helping those commercial beekeepers so um actual like uh, in industrial scale to beekeepers <clears throat> improve their operations which is really key for the, the food production side as yes. in you know bringing large groups of beehives into you know a, a blueberry firm uh, but um, we're always improving uh, so we're working on several new technologies in in, mm-hmm. in the space so around you know uh, food production um, and um, you know our expertise in beekeeping and stuff like that so mm-hmm. we've got lots of new technologies in the pipeline but as well as that there's an awful lot of things that every single person out there can do to help improve the, the the bee outcomes in their area so you know we do still have those wild bees and um, they're still there they give us you know 150 billion euro worth of free pollination every year wow. and um, yeah exactly all, all over the world and, and here in Europe as well we're, we're very dependent on our wild bees and um, because a lot of our our actual you know here in Europe it's the native home of the honeybee um, a mm-hmm. lot of our plants are, are, are maybe more dependent on honeybees than, than yep. um, in other parts of the world. Uh, but um, most countries have um, things like pollinator programs. I know here in Ireland we've got the, the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan, uh, but mm-hmm. most countries would have kind of a, a similar program locally. And um, basically every single person as long as you have you know a green space in your life so whether it's your garden your you know yeah. the garden of your school um you know if you've got a business and there's a lawn out the front of it um you can actually have a direct impact on your local biodiversity and your local, you know, ecology uh, by taking some really simple steps. And um, things like not mowing your lawn for an extra few, year, few uh, months at the start of the summer, um, oh, yeah. you know, planting uh, bee-friendly plants. So um, depending on where you are, you'll have different native bee-friendly plants. Everyone can take, um, you know, really small actions, really straightforward actions. I mean, like, I think my favorite one is always don't mow your lawn because the best thing you can do to help bees is just, you know, be lazy. That's fantastic. You know, (laughs) don't do it for. (laughs) Yes,
0: it is. It is challenging and difficult and difficult to resist with such what such nice weather that we've had all around the world. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, it is. It is a. It is. You're right. It is a. It is a small but easy action actually to take. Yeah, for sure
1: yeah absolutely um yeah so um basically these small actions and uh, that's one of my favorite things maybe about biodiversity and the fact that um, you know when you're worried about things like climate change and these big things like that like the food systems you're just kind of sitting there going there's nothing i can do about this but um biodiversity um you know planting those plants you will actually see within a few months you'll see a dramatic change in the amount of insects that you have in your garden. I mean, like last year, I put a lot of effort into, um, you know, planting those bee-friendly plants and stuff like that in my garden. And this year, Mm -hmm. it's just unbelievable the increase in, you know, solitary bees and wild bees that are living in my garden. And that's the other thing as well that you have to remember is that solitary bees can not sting you. Don't worry about it. You know, don't be scared. If you see a bee flying around your garden, it's not going to sting you.
0: Wow. Okay. that's (laughs) You can see the kind of the change over, would you say, six months to a year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
1: you can actually say, okay, well, I have demonstrably approved the situation in the world, you know, and you can see that impact actually happening, which is, you know, it's, it's very gratifying.
0: That is fantastic and um, a and really good. Um... Really good initiative, Responsible uh, Words for words Bee Day, which is next week, um, and a uh, message to, to to spread really, <laughs> uh, to send out to everyone, so thank you so much. Like, um, have you noticed, um, like, you know, um, challenges that would be so different, one from another um, in on different continents? You've been observing, you know, obviously honey, um, like beehives all around the world. Have you noticed anything specific, like very different, let's say from like, Ireland or um, Europe to um, Asia or North America or Africa anything that really you know struck you yeah so I mean there's a couple of different things so
1: first of all when you go to the different um, regions in the world um you do have different you know slightly different subspecies of bees so in Africa the bees that we work with are completely different to the bees that we have here in Europe or in in North America um and uh we've just seen how differently like we we obviously we knew that they were they were different bees and that they had slightly different behaviors but we thought that fundamentally Mm -hmm. you know a honeybee is a honeybee uh but when you actually look at the data coming out of those beehives how how they respond to changes in in their outside environment what, what they do every day is so completely different um you know they're um the, the the african bees they you know expect it to be a lot hotter than the european bees are so it yeah, takes um, them you know weathered. on a cold day yeah on a cold day they they are much more reluctant to to get out of bed but then on a hot day they can deal with the pressure a lot better than than um the european bees can mm-hmm. and then as well as that um and a, another interesting thing that we see is um like that the difference just the different behaviors of what are the same or uh, very similar bees in different environments so when you're looking at you know beehives in Ireland compared to you know beehives yeah. in the, the Arizona desert and you're going well these mm-hmm. are almost the same bees but they're behaving so differently Yeah, you know the, the pressures that bees and also beekeepers experience uh, is so completely different around the world I mean like we go pretty quickly from you know having all of our beehives in say that the more northern states in the US during the winter where there's so much snow and cold and ice that yeah. they can't open their beehives because if the beehives get cold or if the bees get cold, they'll mm-hmm. die sooner. Uh, and then pretty quickly it flips from us being able to work with the, the southern beekeepers and not the northern beekeepers to mm-hmm. suddenly the northern beekeepers are all awake and you've got like that, the, the beehives in the very hot climates, uh, the beekeepers are going, no, it's too hot for us to open our hives. You know, if we open the hive, you know, if the bees are cooling down the hive and if we open it, then we're going to ruin their kind of air conditioning system. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, that the problems that beekeepers face and the problems that beekeepers overcome, yeah um are just amazing yeah
0: yeah i mean i suppose yeah if, yeah there's so many different types of weathers and uh mm-hmm. and challenges uh, agriculture wise um uh, from for everyone around the world and uh, of course uh so mm-hmm. i think that's, that's very that's really fascinating and uh so you we're talking about different continents all around the world are you planning to expand anytime soon i mean this is obviously really has like a, a huge impact on our lives and um uh I mean, the APIS Protect is a fantastic um, um, initiative and idea and technology uh, to have RBs. So what, what, what is the plan for the next few years?
1: Uh, we've decided for now to focus entirely on, on the U.S. Um, so in the U.S.A., mm-hmm. they have this um, very well-structured um, pollination um, uh, industry and stuff like that. So that's where we're starting. We're working, we're uh, delivering to our first customers in the U.S. in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Um, from there, we're going to be branching out into, you know, um, the other big beekeeping countries. So you're talking about, uh, you know, like um, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, here in Europe as well. Um, those are kind of going to be our, our, our probably main focus areas. But we, we love working with beekeepers all over the world. Um, you, know, the, you know, we've gotten really excited by some of like the data and stuff like that we've seen out of Africa. So um, we're always excited to do, um, you know, a bit of work everywhere, basically. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much, Renan. That's fascinating, and uh, and uh, I hope our um will. Um um, for the, uh, the summer coming up, or at least uh, in uh, in some countries where the weather will get a bit warmer over uh, <laughs> the next few months. Uh, it's definitely an, uh, uh, an easy action to keep in mind for World Speed Day, which is on the 20th of May. Uh, and uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience today about APIS Protect, about a, mess- uh, a message, you know? Um, yeah, I think maybe um, one of the messages that we'd like to share from APUS Protect
1: is, you know, for World Bee Day, get out there, you know, uh, plant, plant a, plant a flower, plant a tree, get something out there that will do something positive for the bees because they're so important for all of us. Um, and then I think as well, if, if there's any beekeepers out there listening who would like to learn more about our technology, um, you know, we've got our, um, you know, newsletter sign up on our website and we're also on social media. We're Apis Protect on, on every, I think, version of social media you can possibly think of. Um, so if they'd like to learn more about what we do and, and follow our, our journey, we share lots of um, interesting information like that uh, as we go around the world, uh, learning about beehives and beekeepers all over the, all over the place.
0: Thank you so much, Rena. Um, so um, it is unfortunately already the end of today's show with Dr. Fiona Edwards Murphy, a co-founder and CEO at Apis Protect. Uh, thank you again so much Rena, for, um, for being with us on the show today. It was fascinating uh, and I've learned so much <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I look forward to planting um, trees in my garden, which is quite empty at the moment actually. So um, it is, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a really, um, really good initiative I think for the, the summer. Brilliant. And uh, so thank you so much please... for having me on. Oh, no, of course. Um, uh, we're delighted to have you. And uh, to origins, please tune in again to see or listen to the next Vista Talk show where we'll be discussing more interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world.